0: We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. And we begin reading here in verse 18. 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Now all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so let me pray with you one more time. Lord, I thank you for your word and What an awesome word, Lord, this section is. I pray, Lord, that you would just touch us, Father. Not just me, although I do need that touch of your Holy Spirit uh, for anointed preaching and teaching, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit for anointed listening as well. Lord, open our hearts. Lord, open our eyes. And I just pray, God, do a mighty work. Meet our needs. Uh, Be glorified. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in looking at this section right here, there's a couple of things that, that primarily stand out. and One is that we, if you're in Christ, you've been reconciled to God. Okay? And so you've repented of your sins, you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you have been reconciled with God. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that as we go through our study today. It's so beautiful the way that he describes it. But then secondly, um, we have been then made ambassadors. We have been given this, you know, ministry of reconciliation. And so, you know, so much of life is just kind of knowing We know who you are, you know, Um, you're you're God's forgiven children, restored, reconciled, redeemed. You know, your sins are not imputed to your account. Your sins in one sense don't count. It's just crazy how strong the blood of Jesus is, you know, to to know who you are when you're a Christian, you know, that you've been reconciled to God. But then it can't stop there, you know. You have to know that you have been called to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You've, given, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And so uh, I was kind of thinking about it in one sense, two sections. One is Jesus bleeding. The other is Jesus' people pleading. One is Christ dying. The other is Christ and Christians crying for people to get saved. One is the work of the gospel that Jesus did already on that cross. And the other is the word of the gospel that you and I are... That's why we're still here. That's why we're still here. We're not here just to eat hot Cheetos and watch television and... And, you know, go and have a a good and grand time getting entertained. Entangled with the affairs of this life. Don't get me wrong. Like I said earlier, God wants us to have fun. He wants us to, you know, to play paintball. But when there's a purpose behind it, and we're playing paintball, we're going to have fun because we love those kids. And we want them to know Jesus Christ. This is life. I've been reconciled to God, but it's for a reason, you know. He loves me, and He loves the world. And so, for us, in looking at this, we gotta, we got to know how it works. Verse 18 again, Now all things are of God. And that means that, you know, when it comes to the whole ministry of salvation and reconciliation, you know, it's from the Lord, you know. We're going to see, it starts with Him and His sovereignty. He gets all the glory he gets all the credit. It says right there, all things are of God, who has reconciled them to Himself through Jesus Christ. Uh, the word "reconciled" right here it comes from two work two words, and it means uh, literally to change or exchange as coins for uh, e- others of equivalent value. It came to be applied of reconciliation for those who were at variance to return with favor. The same Greek word is found over in Romans chapter 5, verse 10. It says, For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. And so we'll pause there for a moment. You know, at one time we were His enemies. We weren't just separated. We weren't just estranged. We were His enemies. And what we read right here is that we have now been reconciled to God. And so it speaks of a change in relationship from enmity to friendship, reconciliation. Now this is where we are. You know, um, it's kind of like this. You guys know how it is sometimes between husband and wife, and they're separated. You know, God wants to bring reconciliation. And it could be between parents and children. They're separated. It breaks God's heart. God wants to bring reconciliation. It could be between friends, you know, people who knew each other for for many years. You know, whenever possible, God wants to bring reconciliation, right? But at the end of the day, the most important relationship of all is our relationship with God. And what God wants to do is God wants to bring reconciliation. This is what has happened for those of us who are Christians. But I will say this, and I think it might be helpful to know that it's not exactly the same as those that I've just described. It would be more along the lines, have you guys ever heard maybe a story like this? Is to say a a child is conceived and uh, it grows up and it never knows his or her father. It never knows them. And, you know, what ends up happening is as time progresses, and that can happen for various reasons, as time progresses, uh, what we discover is that throughout this child's life, ever since that child was conceived and born and growing and living, that the father of that child has always been searching for that child, knocking on doors, knocking on hearts, wanting to find, you know, his child. And the day that that child, you know, that father finds, you know, its its son or, or daughter, what that is, is that moment of reconciliation. And that's what God has done with us. You know, for us as Christians, this is what we've been experiencing. He's given to us that reconciliation through, it says right here, the sacrifice of his son. And we'll talk more about that later. He's reconciled us, it says in verse 18. And notice at the end, it says, And given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, and of course you would look at Paul and you would say, Well, he's talking about Paul, right? In a in a special sense. And undoubtedly he is. But I really believe it's applicable to all of us, right? That all of us in one sense have been given the ministry of of reconciliation. The word ministry is that word diaconia, and it speaks of service. It speaks of uh, executing the commands of another. You know, uh, one title that's synonymous with being a Christian is being a servant. As a matter of fact, when you become a Christian, you know what they say? He serves the Lord. He serves the Lord. That's synonymous with being a Christian. You can't be a Christian and not serve the Lord. But how do you serve the Lord? And of course, we all have different gifts and some were are specialized in different ways. But ultimately, at the end of the day, our ministry or our service finds its greatest peak when we enter into the ministry of reconciliation. Where God would use my life, even though I'm not worthy, even though I'm not able, even though I'm not eloquent, even though I'm not anything, where God would use my life to help that person who's dying and going to hell, where God would use my life to help them know the Lord and be on this you know, place, be in this place where they're on the road that, that leads to heaven. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to die. You know, Jesus is coming. The rapture could happen any moment now. All the signs are there. And the, the question is, are are we ready? You know, on the way over here today, you know, my son and I were having a little conversation and he was telling me that, that uh, uh, it's more likely to die in a, in a plane accident than in a car accident. And I said, why are you telling me that? You know, <laughs> number one... <laughs> And number two, that's not true. You guys know this, right? It's more—you're more likely to die in an auto accident than you are in a car, plane accident. But this is what he meant. He said, "No, Dad, that's not what I meant. I mean, like, if you crash in a car, you probably, you know know—you're still likely to live. But if you crash in a plane, you know, you're more likely to die." And I said, "Well, that's true, but why are you telling me that?" <laughs> and you know at the end of the day and people joke around and sometimes I even talk to my wife and you know to be honest with you guys I'll be honest with you guys you know anytime you go up in a plane you just never know you start hitting turbulence and you're like thinking things and so my wife you know we, were, we made sure I had life insurance right before I, I took this trip you know um, and I was talking to my son about it and I said it's true you know we might not make it back nobody knows nobody knows I mean, if I get to go to heaven before you, don't get bitter, because I beat you. <laughs> I'll be home, right? But the thing is this, is that we got to be ready, man. we got to be ready. You know, and, and, and the people out there on the highways and the byways, the valleys and the alleys, the, to the uttermost, the guttermost, to Cambodia, Mexico, all the people... They need somebody who would go and serve with the Ministry of Reconciliation, someone that could go and just tell them about just, you know, the simple gospel of Jesus Christ so that they can be saved. You know, last night we had our marriage fellowship, and it was a real blessing. Uh, I encourage you guys, if you weren't able to make it, you know, get the CD. Rich did a really good study on love, and the food was so good. You guys really missed out. Mark your calendars for the next one, but... You know, when we were talking, one of the conversations that came up was kind of like, you know, uh, in your job, a lot of people don't like the job that they have. There's a lot of people out there, I guess, that don't really like their job. Some do, and that's a blessing. Some don't. And of course, that can be a tough place to be. But at the end of the day, for us as Christians, we're, your job is your mission field. You know, your job is where God wants you to shine where God wants you to stand out, you're an outstanding witness for Christ. And one day they'll come to you and they're going to say, why, why don't you look at porn? Why don't you laugh at our dirty jokes? Why is it that when I, hey, when all the guys say, hey, check out the fun-looking chick on online, that you don't go down there? And what, what you end up saying is, well, I love the Lord. I love my wife. I'm a Christian. And you know what that'll do? That'll just pierce their heart. Because wherever you are, you're a missionary. I do encourage you to go on a missions trip, maybe once a year at least. I think it's really an awesome thing. It'll change your life and God will use you. But at the end of the day, you're missionaries wherever you go. You're a missionary at your home. You're a missionary in school. Uh, you're a missionary at your job. You're a missionary when you go out you know, to Jack in the Box or McDonald's. And you're, even though you're killing yourself, you're still a missionary there, right? <laughs> And so, you know, for us to have that ministry to just know who we are. This is why you're here. This is why you've been reconciled just to make that clear. We're here God's reconciled us in order that he would use our lives to reconcile others. See? And it's just it's just super super simple. You know, what we read, notice again in verse 18, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. You know, we're no longer enemies, now we're friends, now we're family. He's reconciled them to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And and he kind of says the same thing in verse 19 with some detail. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world "...to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation." And so, it's the Lord, you know? We couldn't do it without the Lord. That's why when you want your neighbor to get saved, you want your son to get saved, you want your parents to be saved, that's why you have to pray. You have to get on your knees because winners of souls must be weepers for souls. It's got to be the Lord, right? But it's God, he says, who does this. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, right? I mean, the, the world, that word right there, cosmos. Do you guys know that God loves the whole wide world? Do you guys know that? I'm mean, Sometimes I think Christians, we, we kind of miss out, man. You know, we might look down and someone, you know, she's a girl and you see her, she's not dressed right. And you're like, ooh, you know, cooties or something. Or this guy, he's got some tattoos. I think a lot of you here, when we see people like that, you're drawn to them, huh? Because you love the way that God loves. Or you might see someone over there and they're hurting and they're broken or they're homeless or they're in, you know, dire straits. All I know is that God loves the whole wide world And when he died on that cross, he died for everyone and for all their sins. And so for us as Christians, it says right there, not imputing their trespasses to them. You know, the word imputing, it's a a banking term. And you can visualize your spiritual account, right? And all your sins, all your sins are supposed to go into your, your account. But all your sins are not going in. It's like there's a wall there. And all the things that you're doing wrong, they're not going into your account. All your sins, it's kind of like when we went uh, disc golfing the other day. We went frisbee uh, golfing. Do you guys ever do that? They have a little course right here in Whittier Narrows. We took some of the young guys. We had a really good time. And, uh, but you know how kids are, right? They cheat, right? I saw it. I'm all, man, these kids, I wonder if they're saved, you know? <laughs> But it's a trip to me how, you know, they, oh, you didn't get four. You got five. I saw No, you got four. I saw it, man. I was counting. But, you know, anyways, uh, Gabe said, if you don't cheat, you're not trying, right? But anyways, you know, um, what ends up happening is they'll do a a bad shot. And you know what they say? That didn't count. That didn't count. I'm like, okay, well, well, we'll call it a mulligan or whatever, man. But, you know, it's like, come on. And, I, and I, th- I think we know what it means. That didn't count. That didn't count. Well, believe it or not, in Christ, his blood is so strong and his cross is so amazing that in one sense, even though we've got to be so careful, man, because we will still reap the consequences of forgiven sin, when it comes to our position in Christ, it doesn't count. Our sins are not imputed to us. Our trespasses are not imputed to us. You could even change that, that letter right there, the M, change it to an N. They're not inputting. You know, They're not put into the system. Why? Because you're a Christian. Because you've repented of your sins and you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, and I think it's important for us to know that. You know, because sometimes there's Christians and they don't they don't realize that they don't realize that they're forgiven. They don't realize that they're free. They don't realize that the burden's been lifted. They don't realize that even though we stumble, we still know the Lord. We still are friends. We're still family. We're still reconciled. That's why when Paul was writing to Timothy, he said, "Be strong in the grace." that is in Christ Jesus. There's some Christians who they walk around and they don't even know if they're saved. They doubt their salvation like all the time. And they know the Lord. And so I think what Paul is trying to share right here is, you know, for us as Christians who are in Christ, we are saved. We got to know who we are, that we have been reconciled to God, right? Not imputing our trespasses to them. We got to know that. And then we got to know that again. He says kind of the same thing that 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 to us has been committed, the word of reconciliation. And so we go back to to what we've already been saying. But he kind of just says it a different way. You know, what job do you have? Well, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Sometimes God will use your life, and it's so cool. He'll use you to help two people who you know were a marriage that was on the verge of divorce, he'll help you to bring them back together again. Or he'll help you, uh, again, parent, child, or estranged, he'll use you to bring them back together again. Blessed are the peacemakers, he'll use you to bring friends back together again. But the greatest of all is when God uses you to bring them back to God. That ministry of reconciliation, right? You know, and that's what God wants to work in us. He's committed to us this word, it says in verse 19, of reconciliation. The the word committed, earlier we spoke of, it's given to us. It speaks of something that's been entrusted to our care. You know, and I don't know if you guys really uh, realize that or not. You know, and, and I think that sometimes we don't realize that. And so you know what ends up happening? There's no commitment on my part. So God's committed something to you, and and maybe it's because you didn't realize it. But then you, maybe you come into a study like this, a simple study like this, and then you realize, wow, you know, God's committed to me the ministry of reconciliation. And so, maybe after a study like this, you will be more committed, more committed to Christ. More burdened for the lost, less entangled with the affairs of this life, maybe less involved with what just you want to do, and more getting on your knees and getting on your face and getting with the Lord and having a heart to heart, private, intimate, personal conversation with Him and just saying, Lord. You know what? I want to do this, but Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I know that's the reason I'm here. I'm reconciled to you. I'm your friend. I'm family. I'm your son. I'm your mijo. I know that you've reconciled me to you. Thank you. Thank you that my sins don't count in that way. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for freedom. And so now you've committed to me this ministry, Lord, and I commit to you. What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to talk to? Oh, but, you know, sometimes I think people think, well, yeah, but then if I start talking to my friends about Jesus, then they're going to think that my cheese slid off my cracker, man. I mean, they're not going to be my friends anymore. I don't think it, I don't know. Yeah, there are some cases where that happens. Don't get me wrong. But not if you come in an obedient way. Not if you approach them in a a loving way and in an obedient way and in a way that, you know, it's not weird. You know, I mean, unless God tells you to, you know, you're probably not going to just go up to him and say, hey, you know, you're going to hell. You know, you you probably won't do that the first day. (laughs) Maybe you will. Again, I don't want to put God in a box, but usually you don't just go up to him and say, hey, man, you want to have lunch? And you just go and you hang out with them. A lot of times they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Spend a little time with them, you know, and then you know, just you 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 know what you do? You go fishing. I mean, you guys know how it is when you go fishing, you're there to catch a fish. And if you go and you make a whole bunch of noise and you're splashing the water, you're probably gonna chase them all away. But if you go with wisdom and you go led by the Lord and you just like, I love my friends. I love my friends. I love him. I love her. I would love for them to serve the Lord. I would love for them to get saved. Lord, how can I reach them? Because I've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And then the Lord shows you how. You know, when I was working at Vons before I was a Christian, there was a guy there and he was a, a Christian. And we're just one day, we're I don't know, we're throwing up the nectarines and we're building the table and... And one day he just asked me, he said, hey, Manny, do you go to church? And I said, yeah. He said, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. And so he said, well, what church do you go to? I said, St. Christopher's. And so uh, I asked him, well, what church do you go to? And he said, Calvary Chapel. And he just said this, you should come one day. That's all he said. He invited me. You know, he didn't preach to me. He just lived the life. And you should come one day. Those five words, they just wouldn't leave my heart. And so, I remember I set up a a little... A mini getaway, and I was going to go with my friends, and we were going to go to Vegas, and we had our cocaine, and we had our, our you know, our plans, and girls. Don't tell my wife, Shelly, you know. <laughs> but that would have been over. I was, I was at a crossroads in my life. I have a feeling that if I would have gone to Vegas that weekend. I would have lost her and I don't know what else but those five words they just never they just wouldn't go away you should go someday and so you know I I just went I just went to church and of course for all of us it's gonna be different ways but that that night I prayed to receive Christ I didn't know a lot I just knew that I was a sinner and I needed Jesus. And I prayed to receive him as my Lord and Savior. And man, for me, my life, just God just got a hold of me. God came into me. God zapped me. God saved me. It's just so simple. You know, and the Lord used him, and the Lord will use you, and the Lord, it's him, you know, that, that does the work. That's the ministry of reconciliation. I really believe, I honestly believe, and I don't know, but I believe that's why you work where you work. That's why we continue to live on this earth. You know, and you're going to work, and you're thinking, well, I'm going to work to make money, and I'm making money to have fun. And God is saying, no, no, yeah, you know, you're making money to provide for your family, but you're going to work because there's a mission field and you shine. And the reason that your standard of living is raised is because your standing of, standard of giving should be raised because it's all about the ministry of reconciliation that's what he says that's what we are god's given us this word it's a simple word the gospel is so simple found in first corinthians 15 1 through 3 in the book of acts when peter preached his sermon they, what should we do to be saved he said real simple repent believe on the lord jesus christ acts chapter 16 verse 31 when the philippian jailer said, hey what should we do he just said believe on the lord jesus christ acts 16 31 John 1.12, it says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know Romans chapter ten nine, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's all we got to do. You know, I always tell my kids, I remember when they were growing up, I would always ask them, how is someone saved? And they would say, by faith alone, through Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And then I would just say, well, give me, give me the simple answer. And they would just say, Jesus. Jesus. The word of reconciliation is Jesus. I've been going through the book of Acts in my devotional reading, and that was why the religious leaders, they didn't want them to preach or, or to mention that name. Because in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved. The word of reconciliation has been given to us. Are you bold enough? Are you bold enough to go to your work, to go to the highways, to go to the byways, to go to the streets, to go to the valleys, to go to the alleys, to go to your school, to go wherever God would send you and speak the name of Jesus? There's power. There's power in his name, right? Right here it says in, in verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You see, it's so cool to know who you are. You're ambassadors, you know. Um, In the Roman Empire, there were two kinds of provinces. There was the senatorial province and the imperial province. Have you guys ever heard of the Roman senators? Okay, so the Roman senators will be sent to places where Uh, They were friendly, like they had yielded to Rome and they said, hey, man, we would love for you to serve over us, okay? The imperial provinces were those places where they had to be conquered and they were in one sense resistant. And so wherever there were imperial provinces, ambassadors of Rome were sent. They were sent with a message and they were sent to represent, okay? We are ambassadors, Because we're living in an imperial province. We're living in a place that's not really wanting to yield to the rule of God. But that's okay. We're ambassadors speaking on his behalf and representing Jesus Christ. We're representing that kingdom, the heavenly kingdom. See, and I think it's so important, it's vital, it's critical to know who you are. You don't identify who you are. No, God does. And God says, you know, you're a family, you're a friend, you're reconciled in Christ. And God says that you are an ambassador. You know, Paul was a faithful ambassador. We read in Ephesians chapter 6, when he was asking for prayer as an ambassador that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know, and I know a lot of you here are doing good. uh, And so, you know, I'm not trying to beat you guys up, man. I'm trying trying to lift you up, you know, trying to encourage you, even to pray over you. That God would give you boldness to speak as you ought, to live as you ought because the whole reason you're there is because you're an ambassador. Because not all ambassadors are faithful, right? We read in Proverbs 13, 17 that a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador, what does he do? He brings health. He brings healing, And man, I'm telling you this, that your words and your life and your smile and your love and the way that you know the gospel and you know Jesus, I believe that God is doing a beautiful work in this church. I believe that you guys don't realize how amazing you are. And that, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the world and they, unfortunately, they run into Christians that are not good representatives. They don't really love them. But you do. You love them. And you know the gospel. So what's holding you back? Just go, take a step of faith and share. That's what Paul was. And, And it's interesting, right here, verse 20, When I was studying this, um, I was in my garage and I just, I like, I I just kind of like, I got flooded with this truth right here in verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though, notice, God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What's he saying? What's he saying? He's saying that, that God is begging the world to get right. And that we're ambassadors. And as we go out, that's all we're doing as well. We're begging you. We're imploring you. We're pleading with you to be reconciled with God. And when I was reading this, I was just visualizing myself as a beggar. And I I don't know, you know, honestly, you know, because when I think of beggar, I think of the guy maybe at the end of the freeway, you know, where you get off on the exit right there and he's got a cardboard sign and he's asking for food and man, maybe you give him food or a dollar or whatever it might be as the Lord would lead you. You know, and they have their need. But then I just visualize, you know, myself and maybe, you know, I don't know what you guys think. Everybody think I'm weird. But I just visualize myself with a cardboard sign. there by the freeway exit. And I already know what I'm going to write on it. God loves you. Jesus died for you. I beg you. Be reconciled to God. And you can just sit there and you can be a beggar. You know, it, it, it's interesting because in the beginning here, he says it's God. It's it's God. You know, all things are of God. God was in Christ. God's doing the work. But it's also us going out there and choosing to be ambassadors. It's also us choosing Whether or not we'll be reconciled to God. God's not forcing anybody. He's a perfect gentleman. And you have to choose. You know, there's a chance here that maybe all of you guys are saved and you already know the Lord and all of you guys are right where you need to be in your relationship with God. But chances are that not everybody here knows the Lord. You know, somehow you ended up here. Maybe you were getting a um, some popcorn chicken at the Lolly Cup, and you're like, "Hey, what are those people doing over there?" You know, and then you come in, and you're like, "Hey, there's a church here. I like the electric guitar." You know, and next thing you knew, you sit down. Before you know it, there's a Bible study. I mean, I don't know how you got here. Maybe someone bribed you. They said afterwards we'll go to Lucille's. (laughs) I'm not sure. You know, but you're here. You're here. And all I can tell you is God loves you. Jesus died for you. And if you would just repent of your sins and receive him as Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. You won't be enemies anymore. You'll be friends with God. You'll be family. You'll be free. You'll be forgiven. And if you need to make that step today, then today, is the day of salvation. I pray that you would. Because look at how how crazy it was in verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, Jesus never knew sin. He never sinned. Uh, The word gnosko in the Greek, it means to know by experience. I mean, he's... God the Son, eternally existent, holy, 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 pure, white, unblemished, not a speck, not a, not a fragment of a cell of a hair of sin, no darkness whatsoever. But because of God's love for you, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And he suffered all our punishment, everything we deserve, they were all laid on Him. You read Isaiah 53. They were all laid on Him and He suffered it all for us. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin. And when you read the substitutionary sacrifices of the Old Testament, when they would lay their hands on the animals and then they would kill the animals, all that was a picture pointing to Jesus. When you read in the book of Numbers about the serpent that was on the pole, it was a brass serpent, it was lifted up. They said, all you got to do is look at that and you'll be saved. That was a picture of Jesus being our substitution. And he died for us. And so he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, but that's not the end of it, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Not only does not God not count our sins, not only does God not impute to us our trespasses, he imputes into our account righteousness, and not just any righteousness, he imputes into our account the righteousness of God. That's who we are in Christ. That's who we are, you guys. It's just amazing, the love and the gospel of Christ. You know, and what ends up happening is when you understand this, and it's not something that you can earn because they did all the work on the cross, then you know, you go out and you share and you love, and then you watch what God does. You know, we have a really neat illustration of this over in the book of, uh, of Philemon. Um, how many of you here are familiar with the book of Philemon? Raise your hand. Not that many. You're like, I didn't know there was a ph- any lemons in the Bible. It's funny because my brother-in-law, he was, uh, he sh- I shouldn't even tell you this. But he's asking uh, his wife, you know how many chapters in the book of Philemon? She didn't know. You guys probably don't know, huh? There's only one chapter. And what ended up happening, to make a long story short, is that this guy Onesimus had run away. He was a slave and he ran away. Now that was a crime worthy of execution. But as he ran away, somehow he crossed paths with Paul the Apostle and he got saved. And so what ended up happening was Paul sent him back to Philemon and, and and what he did was he, he said, you know, I'm going to send him back to you. I would like to use him in ministry, but I don't want to do it without your permission. But he said, a co- I just want to mention a couple of verses that I think are, are really symbolic. As Paul sends this guy who's worthy of death back to his owner, this is what he says to him. He says in Philemon chapter 1 verse 17, If then you count me as a partner... Receive him as you would me. Receive him as you would me. That's kind of what Jesus has done for us. Telling the Father in one sense, Receive them. Receive Manny, Father, as you would me. It's pretty cool. Not only that, in Philemon 1, verse 18, he says, But if he has wronged you or owes anything, put that on my account. And that's exactly what Jesus has done, huh? We wronged God. We owe him eternal dividends. But it was put on Jesus' account. And so now, you know, you and I are are reconciled to him. In a nutshell, I like the way one guy put it. He said, God treated Jesus as if he lived your life. And now he treats you as if you lived his life. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what God wants to do is God wants to bring us to that place of reconciliation and then I think realization that we are now ministers of reconciliation. We're ambassadors to go out and tell people about this beautiful plan that God has for their life. In closing, I was reading about a a, a gal. Her name is Elizabeth Barrett. Have you guys ever heard of her, Elizabeth Barrett? Uh, she's a poet in the Victorian era. Uh, she wrote that poem, "How do I love, Le- love thee? Let me count the ways." You guys know that poem? If I heard it, but anyways, uh, it, there's an interesting story about her life. She she was a poet from a young age, but as time progressed, she ended up uh, kind of having a, a a fallout with her parents. From what I understand, is because They didn't approve of the man that she married. And so, you know, they went their way and she went her way. And uh, this was going on for years. You know, they were estranged. They were enemies. They were against each other. They weren't talking. There was nothing right about their relationship whatsoever. But then finally, eventually, what ended up happening was, uh, you know, The parents are thinking, you know, she doesn't want to get right with us, and she's thinking, well, they don't want to get right with us, and so they're separated Until finally, what ends up happening is, she one day she has it in her heart. I'm going to write them a letter, and she just she she writes letters asking for forgiveness, wanting to get right, telling them about her love, even sharing the poems that she that she writes, and she does this for years, man, for years. Until finally, one day, she gets a a delivery, all of her letters came back. They were never opened. They were never opened by her parents. And here's the thing, and most people believe this, because afterwards they opened up those letters and they were probably some of the most beautiful letters, beautiful poetry that has ever been written. This is what they say, that if those parents had only opened those letters, they would have been reconciled. And I think that's kind of the way it works with us. You know, God has given us this this letter, you know, and if only they would be opened. Have you opened God's letter? Have you read his heart? Then we would see God just wanting so much for us, not not a religion, not a set of rules and regulations, but a relationship. God would want our relationship with Him to be right, uh, to be reconciled. And so, you know, as we have communion today, you guys, you know what? If you're here and you're not a Christian and you accept God today, you tell Him that you repent of your sins. You repent of your unbelief and you receive him as Lord and Savior that if you're a Christian and you need to take certain steps to, to kind of get back to where you belong you can do that we can do that right here right now okay so let me pray with you Lord as we partake of communion now Lord I just ask that you would touch every heart here Lord we don't know how much uh, time we have left for some you know it's it's decades For others, you know, it's a handful of years. I don't even know if I have tomorrow. I don't know. And so, Lord, I want to be right with you. I want to be right even as a Christian. So I thank you, Lord, for your heart. That you always, always welcome me. I pray, Lord, for your beautiful people that are here, that you bless them, Lord. Not, not necessarily with the burden of being a, a minister, but just the, the blessing, the joy, Father, it is to serve you. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel, El Monte at air code 6264543414 remember that jesus loves you